Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, guys, welcome back to the show, and uh, I told you guys, I promised you that we would start rolling with a lot of guests on. Um, I wanted to do it throughout the season, but let's just be real, we're all busy duck hunting, so, you know, it's nice to listen to the duck hunting stuff during duck season, but in all reality, we're all just trying to get on the birds, trying to scout, busy with life, holidays, all that good stuff, but now, stay tuned, because we got a lot of guests on today. Is the first one I'm glad to have back on the show is Jared Serenay. Jared, my friend, thank you for coming back on again. Awesome, man. I'm back. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm I excited. Know. I am too. Last time he you were on, we were you had to remind me we you came on and was talking about uh turkey hunting. And believe it or not, guess what we're getting close to again already. So, I know, I know. I was thinking about my dates. Can this morning for turkey hunting, Alabama season starts like mid March, so I got really oh, wow. a couple of weeks. It's kind of kind of early like us. We're we're fairly early too ourselves. I think the yeah. junior hunts like the third weekend, and then after that, one or two weeks after that's when the um, it opens fully. But anyways, mm-hmm. today I wanted to dive into a lot of things. I I'd like to ask you. We haven't really got to talk about it. Is how'd your season go? Your duck season go this year? Um, man, so for me, like, it's not just duck season, it's hunting season. Cause mm-hmm. like I deer hunt too. So I'm trying to mix that in with the duck hunting. Yes. I go tend to tend to like heavily a little bit more towards the duck hunting, but at the same time I'm doing ducks, I mean deer and mm-hmm. probably a few other things too. So with that being said, I guess I'll start with teal season, okay. which for us is like September 14th or so for um, 14 days, 14 days of September, 
typically the second half of September. Phenomenal. Um, I was able to get a new lease where, so teal are funny. Like over the course of the last 10 years where we live, like the, the areas that the blue wing teal have wanted to concentrate has changed probably about three times. Wow. And, um, and most of it's all private. So you have to lease it. So I've gone from like having really good teal hunting to having terrible teal hunting to back to having good teal hunting just by like following their little pattern. Mm -hmm. So uh, this was the first September I got on the new lease and man, we just had phenomenal teal hunting. I think I I got like five teal videos out of it, Mm -hmm. uh, which is probably a little bit of overkill, you know, for the, for the YouTube channel, just because I I think that like after about number four, my audience was like, all right, yeah, yeah, we get it. You're shooting teal, you know, (laughs) like, so just, I should have varied it up a little bit, but yeah, we had a phenomenal teal season. Fast forward to mid November. That's when duck season opens lots and lots of ducks in that uh, hunted that same private uh plate lease Mm -hmm. lots and lots of ducks are open the weekend and then it just all went to crap for me personally Mm -hmm. and a lot of that had to do with like maybe not being consistent like i should have just gone back to that private lease over and over again and gotten my money's worth out of it but instead i tried to like travel to Venice and travel to this uh, guy's place and and, like you just i would never arrive in those places at the right time Mm -hmm without the right intel. So like I should have just gone to my place, you know, mm. um, there, there was a pretty good amount of ducks in Southeast Louisiana. It wasn't like our best years, but it certainly wasn't our worst. And, but then it warmed up and things got really stale. We didn't get any new migration throughout all of December. So it got pretty bad. And that's when I typically start deer hunting. So about mid December I'm deer hunting mm. I'd already given up on the ducks and I never quite back got like really into ducks after, uh, December. I probably went a few times in January, but never, you know, and, and none of them were that good. So I had lots of like video ideas that I said, all right, I'm going to go film this duck hunt Mm -hmm. and it fell through. Mm -hmm. or I'm going to go film this deer hunt and that fell through, not fell through. I'm sorry. Just, it wasn't productive. Right. 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 Literally nothing to make a video about. Mm -hmm. I'm not the kind of guy who likes to go out and shoot one or two ducks and make a video about it. I just don't think that's worth my editing time. Mm -hmm. Editing for me is like pretty much a full day. So like, I don't want to make, you know, put that editing time into two ducks or whatever it is. So, well, tell tell us what what state you're in, Jared, because I, I I know you've been on here before, but tell us what state you're in and about your YouTube channel. I forgot to mention that. No problem. No problem. So yeah, I started a YouTube channel in, uh, November of 2020 called outside the levees. And so since then, it's really hard to talk about anything I do without talking in terms of the channel. So Mm -hmm. like if someone asked me, Hey, how was your duck season? I'm going to talk about it in terms of how yeah. we got videos out of it as well. Mm-hmm. So, cause you're no longer just a hunter at that point. You're a person who's on the hook, you know, a content creator, you're on the hook for making YouTube videos and now TikTok videos and now Instagram reels. So it's, you can't, you have to measure your success by what you get there as well. You know, so it puts a lot of pressure on just, just being a hunter. Yeah. And you're in, now I'm hesitant on saying the state because I feel like whenever I say people's states they're from and I'm not from there, they think I say it wrong. So you, you don't say Louisiana, do you? Louisiana? Yeah. I've, I've heard people from there saying that and I'm thinking, are they just doing that on purpose or is that how you guys, Louisiana, isn't it? Isn't that how you guys say it? Yeah. I mean, that's how I say, I think like, I've heard people like from like maybe Texas and Mississippi say it that way. They're the ones. It's not the local accent. You'll say 
yeah, you from Louisiana, ain't you? You know? <laughs> yeah. It's not so, the locals saying that. It's people from other no, states. No, not at all. Yeah, no, yeah. No, you won't hear any locals saying that. Oh, man, I get I get razzed all the time from some of my friends from Wisconsin. I guess I say that wrong. They make fun of me all the time. Like, oh, it's so weird how you say that. And I'm like, how am I saying it different from you? How do you say it? Wisconsin? How do you say it? Wisconsin? <laughs> Sounds the same as I'm saying it. But neither one of us are from there. So, yeah, they, I, I don't know. Oh. I don't know if you got to say Ganson, Wisconsin, or something. Yeah, right, right, right. It's probably that part of it yeah. that we're getting wrong. But I didn't want to cut you off. I just I know that it's been like a year since you came on, so I want kind of people yeah, no, to get cool. semi of the baseline, even though we had you'd already been on here. But I I personally think you have you let's see you what month did you say in 2020 you started the channel? October 20. I'm sorry, no, uh, November 2020. So I mean, really, you're barely over like, a year, and you're doing great. Yeah, barely over a year, right? You're at almost 13,000 subs right now. You have an unbelievable... I've never had the... I'm going to call them viral videos like you have. Like I kind of wanted to ask you, and hopefully I didn't get you off track of what you were saying before, but one of the coolest things, one of the cooler things of your channel, the videos, is your diversity that you do have in it. You know, And I know we've got diversity out here in California. I just don't take advantage of it, filming it and stuff. But I thought yeah. that it was really fun. And I was like, man, I got to get out there with Jared and do that someday is that Nutria hunting. Um, well, do you guys call yeah, them Nutrias? Yeah, Say that again? Do you guys call them Nutrias? Yeah, yeah. I okay. mean, I say Nutra. That's like the Nutria. local pronunciation. But I think if you want to be technically correct, Nutria is, is probably, the, you know, the, tech, the, the right way to say it. And lots of folks say it that way. So it's not wrong. So, you know. We, like, there's I, a lot of words that, like, local people say wrong. Yeah, 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 that's true. Or just the slang of it. But I see my, my dad's side, they grew up, uh, he was born and raised in Oregon, and there is a lot of those there. So I remember, trying, you know, shooting those as a kid a lot because Damn. they'd get into my grandma's garden and all kinds of stuff, you know, just tear stuff up. No and kidding. Yeah, so, but here I've seen them a few, but they're nothing like they were in Oregon. But where you're at, I'm like, my God. God, they're infested there. <laughs> there is yeah, big time, boy, big time, and they're just you know? tearing it up, yeah. huh? It's like kind of tell me about why what they're doing as far as ruining stuff. So uh, we had a native species called a muskrat, and that was it's really just kind of a smaller version of a nutra. Mm -hmm. And uh, at some point, the nutra will because like a nutra is larger, so it yields more fur. So I guess you know you could farm. Like the idea was like, okay, we got to go out and during the during the like the height of the fur trade muskrats were highly highly valuable for their fur so someone who was like trying to work smarter not harder was like look we got to go out there set all of these traps run these traps get these new muskrat and they're smaller there's this animal called a nutrient that we can just farm and sell the fur and get a higher mm. yield you know so so that was the idea well of course they got out of the farm and populated around the coast and really kind of displaced and took over from the muskrat. So like the muskrat is like right now, you know, it's hard. You, you don't ever see them anymore because the nutrients kind of taken over. Um, so, so I guess way, I don't know if like the muskrat and nutrient are that different in their, um, like the, their habits and the, the way that they eat. So, but the Nutra are more destructive, I guess, just because there's more of them. They're bigger. They, they populate better. So they, they, uh, they, they dig and they eat root systems to plants. So that's not good when you have a dying Delta, like we do, we don't have a rebuilding Delta. We've got a dying Delta. So every bit of plant life is precious. Like everything that grows roots is, is, you know, precious. 
So these dudes are out there eating that. They make trails throughout the marsh, which, you know, the trail can kind of, it can become, you know, become a washout. Um, and they displace the, the native, the, the muskrat. So mm. now <clears throat> I haven't finished that video. You guys, like I said, go check out his channel outside the letters. You can follow him on Instagram. Are you on Facebook too? I just started a Facebook page for outside the levees. Um, so yeah, there's a Facebook. I think I lost. Oh, there we go. And yeah, you're on TikTok of too, course right? The Instagram. So sorry, you cut out a minute there, but it might. Can you be, hear me? Yeah, it might be me. I don't know because we've been having some really weird connectivity issues. Okay. Do you want to stop there? And no, no, it's it. okay. No. Okay. We'll keep going. It was just yeah, a split so no, second. I was saying, um, you asked if I was on Facebook. Yes, there's a Facebook page for Outside the Levees. Um, I'm also on TikTok where I do a lot, a lot of content on TikTok and then Instagram as well. So yeah, something the, for everybody. You know, not everybody yeah. wants to watch a 20-minute YouTube video and I get that. Right, right. Yeah, because you had 353,000 views on this and it's only three weeks old. And it's, anyways, if you guys want to check it out, it's probably the fourth video down from his most recent so what about as far as uh we talked kind of talked a little bit about till season and then and the nutrients and the other things what what was kind of some of your highlights this year that you really enjoyed the most yeah i don't know man that's kind of like that's hard to you know the highlights of the hunting season it's hard i don't know i really don't I, it wasn't really nothing about it was super great you know so like i guess it was just getting to hang out with a few different people and oh, I'll tell you what, what it was for me. We had a day during the Thanksgiving break where I took the whole family duck hunting. Oh, like, yeah. So I've got me, my wife Tia who duck hunts maybe once in a blue moon. And then my son Jack, who goes pretty often, he's five. And then my son Milo, who is four or he was actually three at the time. And uh, he went with us too. So it was his very first duck hunt. So I got, the whole family, I'm paddling them around in a P-Rog. We're getting out in the marsh. Everybody's got waders on. And uh, we shot one duck, and it was fun. It was, it was, it was a good time. So I'd say that was probably my highlight, just getting getting everybody out. You know, Then a few days later, we all went deer hunting. My, my stand's big enough, so we all got in the stand. So like a shooting house, you know? Mm-hmm. And, dude, it was a disaster. <laughs> like... The little one, Milo, could not keep quiet. We brought their iPads to keep them occupied. Mm-hmm. And, like, dude, he'd be watching something on, you know, on his iPad and be like, ah, oh, oh, <laughs> like yelling. So, like, any deer or hog from Miles could hear us. And, of course, we didn't see anything. So, uh, he won't be invited back to deer hunting. <laughs> he got booted. Huh? <laughs> yeah, he, he'll be more of you know, I made a joke. I was like, he's going to be the dude who goes to hunting camp just to hang out and cook and drink and have a good time. Mm-hmm. Like, he may not even care about actually hunting. <laughs> he's just a party animal not there to have a good yeah, time. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Which a lot of guys do that. You know, they right. join these hunting clubs and tell their wives they're going hunting. They just go to the camp and drink. <laughs> oh, to- yeah, exactly. Yeah, because, I mean, hey, you know what? That's all right. I mean, if that's what they, you know, guys want to do, it's just – that's, yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I'm curious how you are because with me, like, um, like those are the kind of guys that they can hunt where they want. I'll hunt where I want. And then we'll meet up together in the evening and have dinner and, and all that and hang out. But like when I'm hunting, I mean, there's times I like, it's all good, you know, like have a good time, but I'm always, I wouldn't say I'm serious, 
but I kind yeah, of am. Pretty, I kind of am serious about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm like you. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like I'm here to hunt. I'm here to to work the birds and yeah. try to be quiet and listen and look. You know, it was right. funny because this year we were always talking. We always we were one of those guys that believed, and Travis still is not on this page, but he's like, you guys. He gives us a hard time because we've been starting to wear sunglasses for the last couple of years, but um, and it was because. You know, it's like sometimes a season I've got up where you didn't have to get up that early because we're in the boat and you're like, you know, you're not going to fight anybody to get the, get out there. It's the middle of the week and you're like, ah, I'm not going to get up at two today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get up at four or whatever. So in my opinion, that's getting a lot of sleep if you're going to bed at 10 or 11 for duck season, you know. But um, we'd go out there and let's just say if you're out there all day, you're like, man, I got lots of sleep. Why am I so exhausted? Why are my eyes burning so bad? And and, I, and we finally figured out, you know, it was just the focus. You're so focused on seeing the birds and watching for the birds that it like kind of tears your eyes up. At least it does. I know mine tosses. Yeah. Every every time we duck hunt, if we're out there for quite a while, not just a morning hunt, his eyes will be bloodshot red. And I, we finally figured out it's just from trying to focus so hard seeing birds. Yeah. So we started wearing wearing sunglasses and it's actually huh. helped quite a bit i know that kind of sounds weird but like when we have a lot of these blues, no, guys down here we, we wear sunglasses on everything yeah Travis is, always gets on to us you guys are gonna flare the birds they're gonna see the reflections so yeah. i'm using it probably as a, does it I'm probably sure can it does, oh yeah you know? in the right situation but as long as you right. stay in the shadows or keep your head down i mean i think you'll be okay but it was just like man it's i said i'm worth taking the chance because oh for sure because man yeah. your eyes are just burning like fire at the end of the day so those are yeah. kind of one of the things we might do a little bit differently, but I'm just kind First of world problems, huh? Yeah, right. Well, it's just like, like kind of you know, like here we are, like yo, I could wear sunglasses when I hunt. You can have like yeah. dudes who survived hunting. You know, the sunglasses didn't come around to what, like at least probably the late 1800s. I kind of wonder when was that? You know, like when did people start doing that? Yeah. Because I've always heard mixed things like, oh, if you wear sunglasses, it weakens your eyes, you know, which. It, it has to because yeah. I can't even like I can't even go without them now. You right. know, I've, I've used them for so long. Like I can't, you know, it would pro- I guess it's probably the kind of thing where like if you really committed to not doing it, you could uh, get it back. Adjust. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't. I mean, I can't go a day without wearing them. You know, what? I wore this is not an advertisement at all, but I. uh I've wore all different kinds of brands of sunglasses. I've wore Spy. I've wore Oakley's. I've wore, um, trying to think of some other brands. I've wore quite a bit, but this year um, we started wearing those uh, Leopolds, or the, I guess they say it, Leopold. But man, yeah, those the are the most over. comfortable sunglasses I have ever worn. Um, I'm not going to say yeah. they were betty, better as far as the lenses go, but just com- right. comfortable. Oh my goodness, yeah, they're good. For the, their frames are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Down here, the big guy, is, the big one is Costa. Most most yep. people wear I've worn, Costa. I've had those. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then it's really just everything else. So I wear whatever's cheap personally because right. I lose them. You exactly. know, or I scratch the lenses. So like, yep. I don't. It just it doesn't even benefit me to get expensive sunglasses. Yeah. What are some of the, that kind of being a little bit of a topic of trying to really focus on doing everything you can do not to flare birds? I mean, what are some of the things that you guys do when you're hunting that's really, really important to you that you don't let slack? I mean, I could obviously it's there's some obvious things like cover and stuff like that. But I mean, is there any other things that you guys are real when you say you're serious, you know, when you're out there and you're focused, what is some of the things you guys really put a lot of attention on? 
I'm thinking about that. I mean, okay, let me ask you this. Let me let me feed you something. How are I don't, you? Yeah, I don't know that we're that meticulous. How you know? are, how are you with with talking though? Because I feel like a lot of people are really loud when they. And again, that's just me. And if I'm with you and you mm-hmm. guys talk, hey, that's that's your thing. I ain't gonna say nothing. But when I'm hunting in a spot that I know there's birds and I'm really they're wary birds, it's like whisper quiet, always quiet, like trying to be quiet, not you know. Yeah. But I hear I mean, so I many guys are like, here they come. With that. Well, some yeah. guys are like, here they come, here they come, in a full audible <laughs> voice, and I'm like, dude, I I'm pretty sure ducks can hear. I don't know yeah. that for a fact, but no doubt. No, <laughs> doubt. no doubt. But I will say this. So most of the time we're cutting up, making fun of each other, making mm-hmm. jokes, you know, telling stories. And nine times out of 10, while you're doing that, it's, Oh crap, there they are. And they're right there. You see what I'm saying? Yep, so yep. that's kind of where I say, well, maybe that doesn't matter as much. Yeah. Know? Yeah. But no, I'm really not strict about much of my blind. What I did do this year was use, um, brush that was taller than really we were probably comfortable with. So like it made us uncomfortable because like the brush was so tall, you literally couldn't see over it. However, you just had to make a little hole, mm-hmm. um, and, and hope that you get, you know, a shot in that, you know? So, and that made them come in because what they do is they circle above and they, you know, they see the heads moving around in a blind where they literally couldn't see it. Cause all they could see was the brush tops. Mm-hmm. So it was it was like bad and good. Like we couldn't see them, but they couldn't see us either. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So and that's, that's the thing. I probably will stick with that. Like that might be something yeah. I'll, I'll get a little bit more angle about is like having this like really high brush. But we we you do for us you either kill them or you're not. You know, like they're mm-hmm. either flying that day or they're not. Like mm-hmm. there's not too many things you can do. You know, you might get really meticulous and 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 have like all these rules and they'll help help you kill an extra three or four. But if they're not flying, you're not going to kill them. Mm. Now, what do you guys do after the hunt? Let's say you know you're out there with three buddies, and you guys kill about 15 birds. What's your what's your process afterwards? Like when you clean up, pick up the decoys, and you're headed back. Do you guys do you take care? So of So we hunt. Um, it's probably different than y'all. So like that that new lease I got. That's that's far for us. It's a 45 minute truck drive. You know, so it's like, oh my gosh, we, we drove so far, and it's a five minute boat ride. That's too. far for you. Huh? Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm saying you're probably going to let, yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's around the corner. But we're spoiled because it used to be a 15 minute truck Mm. drive and Mm. maybe a 25 minute boat ride, you know? So I guess about the same time to get to your hunting spot. Mm. But anyway, so we get back from the long 45 minute drive. (laughs) And typically at that point, no one wants to do anything. So you divvy up birds and everybody goes home. And I typically throw them in the refrigerator, deal with them after a nap, you know? And your wife's okay with that, right? What's that? Your wife's okay with that, huh? Yeah, she's used to it by now. But I've got a garage fridge. Too, so, oh, okay. Yeah, but even if I throw it in the house, like she's she's so used to it. She's like, yeah, you're crazy, whatever. Now he, Uh-oh. now guys, he is. I feel like I'm mean, not. I haven't tasted the food yet, but I will one of these days. You're cooking, but from what I can see, watching the videos, you know how to cook. So, how give us kind of from start to finish? Like, so let's say you throw. You got four teal, or I don't know. You can pick whatever bird you want, but you yeah, throw so them in the fridge. How long are you safe to leave them in there? Um, I think the longest I'll leave them like that is probably about three days. I think if you pulled the guts out before you did it, you could do it probably up to seven days, I would think. Mm. 
But uh, since then, you know, I throw them in whole guts and I give them about three days. And um, Fe- so then feathers I take, on, you know, right? Yeah, feathers. Yeah, okay. just like okay, you just like after you shot. You know, okay, it's nothing different. Uh, you know, you might put a little paper down, towel down, or something to, to absorb any blood that you know anything that. But uh, yeah, so no, I pull them back out and then uh, go sit outside on the table and and almost always the process is uh, break the skin either cut out the breast or pull the entire breast bone just depends on how many I have then pull uh, livers gizzards and hearts I don't eat liver that goes to the dogs sometimes hearts and, and gizzards will go to the dogs too sometimes heart, hearts and gizzards will, will get you know keep it and cook something with it and then I'll pull legs so um, so really the only thing left on the bird after that is like just, you know, the, the breastbone if I didn't pull it and then what little bit of scrap gets stuck, you know, that you literally can't cut off the breastbone. So I tend to use most of all the bird. I just, I do not like pot roasted duck. I think. Yeah, I don't either. I don't like it. Mm-mm. It's like that. And that's like the quintessential Louisiana way to cook ducks. And I just don't really? like it. What about till yeah, though, Jared? Are they all about pot roasting a duck with onions. I'm what like, about till though? Oh well, about- yeah, I mean that's the yeah that's the number one duck. They're gonna get plucked. They're gonna pluck it whole, pull the guts, and pot roast it. And it's just I don't think well done done duck is good any kind of way. I agree. You know? I agree. Now okay. you can pluck a duck and still grill it or smoke it and have it you know kind of medium rare, and that's okay. But uh, I don't know. I just like to cook duck breast you know? okay going back just a little bit what about have you ever found i think it's the liver if i'm not mistaken and i can't pronounce it because i haven't heard it in a while but they're flog raw or something like have you ever that's oh the, yeah that's the liver yeah, isn't I it that. i know what you're talking about yeah yeah it's like uh I, it's good i know what you're talking about. i don't know much about it but i do know what you're talking about okay but how many of those do you see uh, if you're pulling all the innards out all the time like that how many of those, because don't they have a whitish look to them or something? Oh, I thought you were talking about a dish. There's like a dish called foie gras. Well, it is, but it, I thought that's a liver because it's got like a white, whitish, it's a different. Oh, then I think, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Is that liver? No, I might be snaking because that it's uh, the hunter gather cook. Um, I can't remember his name now, but the the chef that wrote that book, uh, um, Duck, Duck, Goose, that I use like the cookbook for waterfowl. He talks mm-hmm. about that in there, but it's just like a okay. very rare thing. But I know yeah, now I'm, I'm thinking sure, maybe man. it's not maybe it's not the liver. I'm not sure now. Kind of mistake. I should have yeah, brought it up. I, I guess. Okay, I was just curious. Do you see anything interesting? I don't like that? liver anyway, so it doesn't apply to me. Yeah, what? I feed them. I feed them raw to cocoa. She just takes them right there. Uh, I'm the same way. I just cannot acquire taste for that. Cannot acquire taste for liver. So all right. So once you get up, pull all that stuff, kind of what's your your go to way to cook? Um, I like to make a little fire, man, some pecan wood mm. and, uh, and just grill those duck breasts over the fire mm. fat on or fat. And then from there you can eat it just like that with a side. You can, you know, cut it thin in the fajitas and make fajitas with it. You could, you know, cut it thin into tacos, but it typically for me is always going to start with that method, like over a fire heavy kosher salt, a little bit of pepper or some, some Cajun seasoning. And then from there, we'll see where it goes, you know? And you just cook it to medium pretty much every time. Oh yeah. Every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, we, we do deep fry like the kids like when I deep fry it. So like you, you know, you cut it into strips, uh, put it in egg wash, which is like some egg and milk 
and then roll it in like a, uh, you know, some type of fry, fry batter and then just deep fry it. And the kids will eat that probably two out of every four times I cook it. Oh, so, wow. you know how kids are. It's like one day they love something, the next day they won't touch yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the way I like it, and that's the same thing. Like, so, so once you get that, you can put that on top of a Caesar salad. You can put that in a, you know, in a wrap. You can do so. It's like, you know, kind of take those two methods and then just either make it really complex from there or make it simple from there. Do you tenderize it when you cut it in strips like that, or no? For teal, you don't have to. For like gadwall, some of your bigger ducks, you probably should tend, you know, tenderize the breast first and then cut it into strips. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the grilling, um, you know, like on the on the fire, like definitely tenderize it first if it's a bigger bird. But on teal wood ducks, you don't really have to. Yeah, wood ducks, teal and wood ducks for sure. Some of my favorite. I really I like pintail is probably my top the best. The first, the number one best duck I've had so far. I was always saying wood duck, wood duck, but then I had um, a pintail from Kansas when I was back there with the Flyways Collective. I don't remember who shot the pintail, but Josh from Outdoor Limps, he, we had a little fire going uh, outside, and I don't remember what kind of wood it was, but he, anyways, he put the grate over top of the fire. Yeah, that's exactly and, what I do. Same yep. exact thing. And then, um, and then he breasted out, but left the fat, uh, fat on, skin on, and then and cooked on both sides, medium, and man, we, I don't know, maybe we were ravenous hungry or something, but it was... I know, it's always so subjective. I know it is, because like I eat things when I go deer and elk hunting, I remember eating things that I will not even ever eat when I, I'm at home. Not that it's not good, it's just it tastes so good when you're hunting, yeah. so it's kind of uh-huh. like you said. But anyways, that was by far the best I've ever had. And then the second best that I've favorite, but the problem is it's so hit and miss, is like our mallards. Um if you can pluck and see that real thick layer of fat and it's the right color of fat and and you just pan sear that, oh my goodness. My my girls will just last time I cooked two mallards, so four breasts, and I barely got one of them. I mean, they just ate it up like it was Jeez. ribeye, you know. Just medium. And that was the problem and I and I try to really get that across and in podcasts or people like you that cook and really to bring out, hey, medium. Duck is not, it is not chicken. You do not cook it like chicken. And I know that's why so many people don't like it because they overcook it. And it just, it's a night and day difference on once you overcook it is just disgusting. Like, right. It's almost not edible. It tastes like liver almost, you know? Yeah. And you could take some of those like game of your ducks. Like we'll take, um, we call them dogri, but some people call them bluebill. Some people call them scalp. We'll take like a, you know, something that's, you know, just maybe a little bit gamier because of what they eat. And you just, uh, you tenderize it and marinate it before you do the grill. Hmm. And that marinade will, you know, put some of it, some good flavor in it and pull some of that bad flavor out. Well, what so. kind of mar? So, okay, I, I want to know that because we found a place that we can shoot those, which we can only shoot two per person a day. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, like you said, I just, breast them and throw them the thing because it's like uh, I've, I've tried to eat those before so tell me the process of cooking a bluebill um so what i would do is is same you know uh cleaning process i said and then tenderize the breast and then start a marinade so like a typical marinade could be a little bit of olive oil uh a little bit of i don't know how to really say it but which which has worcester sauce yeah. Worcestershire uh-huh. sauce. <laughs> yeah. we call it just w sauce it makes it <laughs> 
W sauce and then, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of hot sauce and some lime. Lime really helps, like, you know, tame that gaminess and, and let that sit overnight and then go grill. Okay, so but give it good. Give twelve to sixteen hours, and then I mean, if you have it, if you don't have it, give it an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, anything's going to make a difference to nothing. So, Worcest W sauce, and what else do you put in there? Anything else? Yeah, a little olive oil, a little hot sauce, a little lemon. You'll okay, a little hot sauce, lemon. and then and then salt it afterwards. Don't put your salt in the marinade. So pull it out the marinade and then dry it like. Okay. Do not leave it wet because okay. it's not going to get that good, you know, that good char that you want. Huh. So pull it out, dry the heck out of it, and then douse it in kosher salt, a uh. little bit of pepper if you want. Okay. And then let me ask you this. Um, when you take it off, you take it off at medium. How long, How long? like, do you think you're leaving it on there? Probably not very long, like a couple of minutes Dude, on each side. I cook high heat. Like, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm big into, like, let that freaking flame be on it. Okay. I don't care. I cook a high heat, and I flip frequently because, you know, you do not leave that one side down on a high heat for long. Mm-hmm. Even if you got to flip it back to get it where you want it, don't leave it down long because it's going to dry out. It's going to get burnt. Like, I mean, I'll leave it one minute and then look at it, and if it's starting to get a little bit, flip it. Another minute. Flip, you see what I'm saying? Because I like the high, high heat. I don't like a medium heat. I don't think that's a good way to do it. I don't either because I, I love the char, and it's it's impossible to get that when you're cooking on medium heat. But I've, yeah. always, I've always, I feel like people have told me, and not necessarily about duck, but steak, like, oh, it's a it's a sin to to flip multiple times. I'm like, well, what is I, it really? I don't believe that philosophy. Yeah, I, don't I don't believe it, and I don't, you know, because okay. there's really no other way to do it when you're cooking on high heat mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And do you and always overcome it? Like you need to be there with it. Don't like, don't leave it. You know, it's, it's a commitment. You just see the process all the way through. Hmm. Cause one, you know, one little walk away to go grab this and you, you're done. You messed it up. Mm-hmm. So, so really in all reality, you're probably only cooking one for four or five minutes and you're done. I, I, that's what I would say. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And you're making, sure. I'm, depending I'm on how, how good your heat is, you know? Yeah. You're making me hungry now. I'm already wanting to wish I had some meat. I know. Well, and it's like it's that whole feeling, too. Like it's hunting season. You make a fire. Like it's not just. It's the whole. Yeah, exactly. It's It's the the process. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, I don't. How do you feel? I'm curious how you feel because a lot of people are like, I'm kind of glad it's over. And I'm like, you know what? I didn't get that way this year. Like, to be honest with you. Most of the time, I'm very sad. I'm like, um, so we had a delayed winter this year. It was real warm for December. We didn't get any cold weather until pretty much the end of January and through February. Mm. And by then, I'm like, I'm over it. I'm like, I, no, I don't want the cold. Like, and normally mm. I prefer cold weather, but this year, for whatever reason, I'm over it. And like, here's the thing, too my post hunting, quote unquote, hunting season videos are doing much better than my like, in the midst of it, you know, duck hunting videos, those videos did terrible. Hmm. So I'm, I personally, yeah, I'm glad it's over mm. because it just wasn't, it, it, you know, if I never filmed a single one of them, it wasn't that good. And then the videos didn't do that well. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's over, you know, now I have plenty of time to contemplate what went wrong, what I can do right next right, year. So, right. Yes. This year. Yes. I'm glad it's over. Okay. Well, I'm not, the, I'm not on that page for some reason. I usually am. I usually am, but yeah, this year I'll, I'm I, usually not. I'm usually yeah. depressed. Like when I first start seeing the first little green buds on the trees, our willow trees, they bloom first. And I get so depressed when I see that. 
because mm-hmm. it lets me know it's officially over. It's mm-hmm. about to get hot again. It's going to get humid again. And I'm like, I go through a little depression when I see that. But this year, I'm like, yeah, bring it on. Let's move on to the next thing. Crawfish, yeah. crappie fishing, you know. Yeah, so. I'm kind of actually getting kind of pumped for turkey season. I've got a couple contact and places now that there's some i should i usually i don't know i i'm hit and miss i'll say i'm gonna do turkey videos and then i'm like start them and i do a couple and then i just don't but but these places these places are like really good spots so i think it would be fairly easy and some of it's uh up in northern california too that's just it's one of my favorite places to be is northern california like if they ever separated california i know People have talked about that. They've always talked about splitting California. I was like, I would actually move because I would actually move wherever that line's at. <laughs> I'll go on the other side of it because it's just, it's still a different world. If you've ever, ever, well, you've been out here, but if you ever go yeah. to that area, I'm telling you, it's not California. Like what we think people think of California. It's, it's its own place and it's just beautiful. Oh, for sure. The people for sure. are different. I mean, it's just not that there's yeah. bad people here in the Central Valley, but right. it's just a different mindset. Yeah, like they got like California rednecks up there. Yeah, it is. Oh, it totally is. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, actually. But uh, <laughs> yeah, people which is think, good. I'm not saying. Yeah. I, I say you know those terms for me are are, are positive you know yeah. like that's my people so i'm right. not definitely not seeing it as a negative thing. well that's the funny thing is that's that's what i consider us right like i consider california rednecks the stuff we do <laughs> and then we got the bougie <laughs> stuff i guess on some on the side people think you know depending on what you wear what you shoot what you, you know whatever everybody's got their own opinions but anyways um one more thing i don't know this might not be up your alley but uh kind of a random topic I speaking of like wearing what you're wearing and stuff, I have really started switching over and really wanting and it's like, man, I don't know if I'm gonna sell some of my stuff or what I'm gonna do, but I really wanna start going solids on uh on my gear because in all reality, you can ask anybody, Sitka's gear is by far my the best quality gear I've ever used, but I don't like wearing the marsh pattern out. It's not something you're gonna we're hunting and then where to go to dinner. Or oh something. yeah. So you're looking to get a little bit more use for, yeah. Uh, it'd be like, I like, yeah. I like hunting in solids. I, I always yeah. have, but it's just like, okay, if, if I want to get this gear, this is the patterns I'm going to wear. But now sick has come out with a lot of solid stuff. Yeah. Um, I, and I, again, this is kind of a, I guess, I don't know if that's the right term bougie, but like, Oh, okay. It really doesn't matter. Cause I've went from Walmart gear to, Cabela's gear to Sitka like I wear whatever I still have Drake hoodies I wear all the time it just depends on I just try to match the environment I'm going in and if I'm going somewhere super harsh then I'm gonna I will be in my Sitka stuff just because it's the warmer stuff I've got you know Mm -hmm. but how are you you're probably not all worried about that either yourself right just whatever works works on your gear yeah I mean I think everyone who hunts should have at least a Gore-Tex jacket Mm -hmm. um so, because that's going to be your, uh, I guess, tried and true, you know, rain, rain, moisture protection. And let's face it, being wet sucks. Mm-hmm. Can I say that? Or yeah, should I say that again? No. Huh? Okay. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks being wet. Nobody likes to be wet. So, I would say anybody who hunts should have at least something that's Gore-Tex. I don't care who makes it because yep. it's, you know, it's all Gore-Tex exactly. at the end of the day. So, like, that's where I'm going to splurge. Everything else... I, dude, you know, and it just all depends. Like, 
Southern hunters, we ride a four-wheeler close to our deer stand for the most part. I'm not saying all southern hunters are that way, but a lot of us are part of deer clubs. Mm -hmm. We ride a four-wheeler, so, like, we're not really brave in the elements, walking a lot to get to the, you know. But Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that as as a general rule. There are lots of guys who go hunt public land who have to walk a mile to their spot, and, you know, they need something that's breathable and, and all different purposes. So, um, with that being said, it's just going to, I would say deer really just has to do with the type of stuff that you do. So for me, I get that Gore-Tex jacket. Everything after that can be Walmart. I'm good. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As long as you stay dry. I mean, that's the key. Right. And, and, and honestly, I mean, if it's a rainy day that I think is going to suck, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to sit <laughs> in the rain and shoot no ducks. Well, you know? I, hey, now you must be on the same page as me because I, people, I hear this so much and this is me now. This has been my experience. When it is pouring rain, it's not good duck hunting. I don't know why people always think, oh, man, if it's raining, storming. I mean, if there's yeah. wind involved, but, like, when it's a hard rain, you don't, the ducks aren't flying. They're sitting on the water. Right. From yeah, you kind of want to, like, have your window of when that yes. ends and then try to be be ready for when it ends, yep. you know? Yep. So, and then the other thing the Gore-Tex does, too, it cuts down the wind. And for guys like us who hunt in boats, mm-hmm. hell, them boat rides are freaking cold. Oh, my goodness. So, that Gore-Tex is going to cut down the, the wind, too. So. Yeah. I've been in some cold boat rides this year. I mean, yeah, frosty. And I knew that. I knew going into it, because I've had boats for years. I grew up with um, not not bass or not um, duck boats, but bass boats. So, whatever. Same difference as far as being on a boat ride. You... You know you got to right. wear that extra stuff because most time we were hiking in, in years past, so you're really cutting layers down, and then when you get out there, yeah. you put them back on so you're not sweating, right? But on the right. boat ride, and you're not hiking and carrying stuff, you kind of stay bundled up more than you normally would when you're hunting, walking in public land like we would do. So we, yeah. were, we were prepared. I never, I never felt like... I got cold. I will say there's a few little tips I could use as far as my hands and what you're wearing when you're driving to the spot because that's a different beast in itself, you know. But um, it all in all, you know, just we I stayed warm this year, and it's amazing because I remember maybe I got a little bit more fat on me. I'm pretty sure about 30 pounds more than I did when I was a teenager. <laughs> but when I was a teenager, I felt like I was, like, cold a lot, right? Now I'm just like – I, and my gear wasn't obviously as good. I mean, yeah, you know, we're skimping on this and that. Well, you learn how to layer too, yeah. like you know, and that all comes from like the whole like backpacking. You know, you mm-hmm. just you go with your base layer, Experience. your insulation layer, and then your shell. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, any any iteration of that, it doesn't. You know, you can you can literally do that whole concept from from anybody who, who sells any type of outdoor clothing. So it does, and and the good news is, like you said, we know solids work, so you don't have to buy camo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. Well, Jared, I'm gonna let you go. I didn't. I guess I never covered what how long you wanted to go on this, but you probably got other stuff to do. I appreciate you coming on. You guys, check Jared Serenay out. He's uh, outside the levees on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook now, and also TikTok. And how many followers you got on TikTok now? I I'm not on there, but TikTok, TikTok, and YouTube seem to be going neck to neck every day. Like, really? uh, so I'm like. Whatever you, know, I think YouTube's about to hit thirteen. TikTok's about to hit thirteen. Okay. Um. So, uh, and and I like it. It's not. Uh, I think a lot of people in the hunting world get frustrated with it because, you know, we think that we can do the same things we did on Facebook and Instagram on TikTok, and it, it just doesn't fly. You can't post anything with guns. And you can't post anything with a dead animal or an animal in the process of dying. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. Mm-hmm. 
it's going to get flagged. And if it doesn't get flagged, that just means that it got missed somehow. It's not like, you know, they don't want it on there. So you got to figure out as a creator, okay, well, what else can I do? And there's tons of things you can do. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like you're being pretty successful at it. So, and successful at the YouTube channels, like you're growing really fast. So, um, you guys will, I promise you, you will like the diversity of his channel. If you're anything about outdoors and like, I, and I think I like what I like about yours too, is you always are cooking the stuff too. So that's always interesting to me. I cook what I can, what I, what I know about, but I feel like your knowledge is so vast on what to cook. So it's, you're not just someone trying things, you know how to cook the stuff. So if you guys are, yeah. you know, they talk about that in content creation a, a lot. Like what is the value you bring to the audience? Mm. Well, I'm not the best hunter and I'll, I'll admit that to any, you know, like I have days where I screw up, make the wrong decisions, miss my shots, you know, but I'm pretty damn good cook. Mm-hmm. So as long as we kill enough to cook, then I can, then I can show where my value is. Yeah. You know? I like that too. I really enjoy that part of your channel. So thanks for coming on, man. I hope I'm look excited to see the rest of the stuff that you got coming out this year, turkey hunting and uh, crawfish and crappie and all that good stuff. So. All right, man. All right. Have a good one. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you on the next one. 